I'm doing great. Buying a buying a separate alarm clock and not using my phone anymore has really helped. Well, my Nest Audio is my alarm clock. And then the one that's like, okay, for real, you got to get out of bed is on my phone. It's on the other side of the room. I have to get up to stop it. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Android Police Podcast. My name is Daniel Bader. This week on the show, we have a bevy, a veritable bevy of pixel leaks. I would say it is the heaviest week of pixel leaks in at least nine months prior to the Pixel 7 and 7 Pro. It was just like a an onslaught. This is an onslaught, I would say. We're under a month to Google I.O. We have a lot to talk about not just about the Pixel Fold, but the Pixel 7a, the Pixel tablet. We got pricing, we got availability, we got colors, we got everything. We're gonna run through them. The Xiaomi 13 Ultra was released this week in China, or it was announced. It might get a global release, we'll see. Um, I actually got one, surprisingly. It was in a lockbox <laughs> with a pin code that I did not know. So I spent a while trying to find out what the pin code was because Everybody in China was asleep. Uh, that was interesting. <laughs> Netflix is deleting your account if you're in the US and you are leeching off your family or friend as of this summer. And Will, I am super excited to hear about your 10-year retrospective on the HTC One M7, mm -hmm. which came out 10 years ago this month. Mm -hmm. uh, one of my favorite phones of all time. One of my favorite phones of all time, too. If we have uh, a bit of time, we'll, we'll get to some other stuff. But uh, that's that's the bulk of it. That's the bevy of the bevy. So, Ara, Will, how are you? You keep saying bevy and I want to go grab a Coke. That's how I am. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry, not sorry. All right, let's jump right in. So, the Pixel 7a, we kind of know this is happening. We've known for a while that it's going to be announced at Google I.O., but John Prosser, who's also lost his checkmark, everybody has lost their checkmark <laughs> on Twitter. I'm looking at embeds of tweets and like everybody who I look at normally is no longer Or these are just fake accounts. Funny. Maybe, maybe we're totally all be, <laughs> Exactly. Android police, it could all just be fake Android news now. You'll never know. <laughs> but let's jump into the 7A first. So the 7A is going to be announced at IO, apparently, and it will be available, according to Prosser, literally the same day, which is kind of cool. And it will be available in four colors, including a light blue that we've seen renders of. Uh. And we now have rumored pricing, which mm. will has feelings about. I do. So He's why don't not you the talk only one. That? I do. I wrote uh, my editorials is is in the word like it's it's written. It just needs to be uh, it needs to be edited and, and published. But by the uh, time you're hearing this, it'll hopefully probably be it should be up. Yeah, setting fire to the internet. <laughs> one can hope. Yeah. So it's not just Prosser. I believe the folks at Nine to Five Google kind of after Prosser came out and said you know available and date they echoed that like it'll be in stores like may 11th io is the 10th so you will be able to order it online presumably and then you know in store the next day nine to fives sources specifically say it's coming in at 500 which is not the first time we've heard that number we had been hearing a range between 450 and 500 but it's the first time that someone has got has, has heard like nope it's just it's 500 and i think this completely screws up the value proposition of the A series for the first time since it started in, in 2019. 
no matter how you look at it. I think the Pixel 7 is a better deal even at full price based on what we've heard, based on the rumors, you're going to get a better phone for $100 more. Except we also need to account for the fact that like the Pixel 7 has not been full price lately. It's been $450 or less, or less if you're willing to activate it at Best Buy. It's been $350. So like, yep. first of all, I would say if you're waiting for a 7A, go buy a Pixel 7 right now. Because like, who knows, maybe when the 7A releases, like the price of the 7 shoots back up to full price. Like we don't know. Secondly, like I know $50 like doesn't sound like a lot, but I really think that it kind of like eliminates the eye-catchingness of the Pixel A-series pricing. Like, I think at 500 a lot of people, especially people buying on carriers, on payment plans, are going to be like, well, that one is $100 more spread over 36 months. Like, I'll just Not buy. Not a T-Mobile. Well, yes. But you know what I mean? Like, like generally speaking, right? Like, it's, it's going to be spread out. That it's was gonna a magenta be... joke. But yeah, go, sorry. Go ahead. No, you're fine. What I mean, a, if we really want to rag on T-Mobile trade-ins, the T-Mobile trade-ins for, like, even just updating them for, like, the Galaxy S23 have been atrocious compared to everybody else. Yes, Because, yeah, exactly. like, AT&T is, will give you AT&T If we have time at the end, I want to rant about this new T-Mobile Go 5G Plus plan because, Jesus. Can yeah. we also make fun of their 420 thing where they said they wanted to, like, blow, blow the competi- smoke. smoke in the competition's face or something? Right, I was right, like, right. oh, my or God, like, Steve Buscemi gif. Like, totally. please stop. Uh, yeah, anyway, um, I don't know. That's kind of where I am in the A-series. It's just, like, it's not that much more expensive, but, like, I think it also sets the scene for, like, oh, are we going to see a Pixel 8 at $700, which would create another bigger price gap between the two. But that's the issue with launching this phone in mid-cycle is that, like, you are not launching it alongside a more expensive flagship and being like, well... If I don't have $700, I'll get the $500 one. You're launching it alongside a phone that's been on the market for several months and is routinely heavily discounted. Yeah, I will say I understand going up to 500 given inflation and all of the issues over the last year and a half. Like There is a world in which this makes sense, but unfortunately that world also spells that if you wanted a Pixel in 2023, you should either be buying the $350 Pixel 7 right now or you're going to be waiting until Black Friday. Because if this phone is going to be $500, it's going to be $50 more than its widely, like, massively popular Samsung counterpart, the A54 and the A53, which were $450. If this is going to be $500, that means all the other pixels are going to be going up in price. Yeah, which makes sense, right? The $600 Pixel 7 always seemed like it... It was going to stop eventually? Yeah, it seemed like it was built to specifically target people who were vacillating between like a mid-range Samsung and a high-end Samsung. And like, here's a great Pixel that's going to be a little bit better. Or even more specifically, it's like people deciding between an iPhone SE and an iPhone 13 mini or iPhone 13. I think a lot of it is out of Google's control to some extent, right? Google releases a phone at MSRP and then a lot of retailers will choose to discount it, right? Some of these are not Google-led discounts. At the same time, we are in it, right? We are in it all cycle. We know the discounts, we know the MSRP. Most phone buyers only really start doing that work when their phone needs to be replaced. So, you know, for me, like I've been looking into spring, I'm looking into barbecues and gardening supplies and all these things that like I don't follow most of the year. And I'm not sure 
if the sales that I'm seeing on a lot of categories are actually good deals. I'm in the same I, boat. <laughs> until I start doing the research. And yeah. some people don't want to do the research. They see sale 20% off, seems okay, right? Like their gut tells them it's a good deal and they buy it. And I suspect it is true of phone buyers to some extent as well. So that's also something that Google is offering, right? They're saying, we're giving you a brand new product mid-year to make your buying decision. They're going to go nuts on marketing, right? We've seen, even though the Pixel is the NBA's official smartphone brand, we don't see as many Pixel ads as we did in you know October, November around the Super Bowl. So they're now gearing up for the 7A and probably the Fold. And then when the Pixel 8 launches, they'll probably be $100 more. And that will be that. And that, you know, will complain and early adopters will complain. But at the end of the day, most people won't even know because <laughs> they're upgrading from not a Pixel 7, but from a Pixel 4 or Pixel 5. Nobody's upgrading from the 4 because they threw it in the trash two years ago. <laughs> but, you know. And they I'm got saying. an iPhone. <laughs> they were like, I'm sick of this. It's the Wall Street like, Journal. Pixel 4 oh. or Pixel 5 or Pixel 6. They're all in the trash. <laughs> Pixel 7, you're okay. Yeah, you can hang. You're cool. Two more thoughts on this. First of all, we should also mention that part of Prosser's leak was that the 6A won't be discontinued. We don't really know what that looks like. Is that a permanent price cut to $300? Does that kind of help make it, you know, that $50 price increase on the A series a little, on the most recent A series a little easier to swallow? I don't know. And then it's like, it is one of those things where it's like you take a step back and you're like, okay, you can kind of picture how this makes sense where you're like, 6A, 300, 7A, 500s, you know, Eight, seven, right. Pro, that's the issue. The issue is that dollars. this pricing strategy makes sense if the 7A launches alongside the 8, where you no longer have the 7 series in play, and also ignoring the fact that Google's phones hit discounts like three weeks after they launched. Like, literally, the 6A was like a hundred dollars off by like the end of August last year. Like, with the mainline series, like Black Friday is always always right around the corner for those phones like uh i don't know it's one of those things where it, it almost makes sense but the reality of how google's phones sell makes it like it, it, it's a mess it's gonna be a mess i mean whenever we get to the pixel 8 series this fall i feel like we're gonna be remiss if we don't say in like the pricing and availability this phone can be as awesome as it wants to be please don't buy it until black friday like it, it makes no sense other than the day one adopters that google is just blatantly bleeding for money it doesn't make sense to launch this phone when they do and then immediately discount it for Black Friday because everything else is on sale for Black Friday. Yeah. Although yeah. I could, if they're going to bump the price up $100, I could see them being like, okay, here are our launch prices and then them being 600 and 900 or 600 and 850 during Black Friday. Raising the Pixel 7a to $500 does give Google two sort of advantages in, in the sense that it's just a higher average sale price for Google's hardware division. So people that are willing to buy it at the beginning of the cycle, full price, Google gets $50 more per sale, obviously. Then they have more room to maneuver around discounts. And as Will, you said, like if the 6A stays on the market, based on what we've seen of the leaks, there's enough differentiation between the two phones that the... 7A is almost like the mid-range and the 6A is like the entry level, right? The 7A is going to have a high refresh rate display, 
wireless charging, a better camera, likely waterproofing, right? All these things that the 6A did not have. Well, the 6A had the waterproofing. Sorry, you're right. The 6A did have waterproofing. The, the, the big new thing here is just a higher screen rate and the wireless charging and the wireless charging. Well, it's also going to have a Tensor G2. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I just wrote this. I, I literally have the editorial in front of me. Uh, the other thing would be like eight gigs of RAM is the is what we've seen. But again, all of this only matters if you're ignoring the fact that the 7 exists and is cheaper than the 7A. Like A's pricing yeah, exactly. is going to, you know what Google, I mean? And it's like Google did this to know. itself. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Unless they pull some, I mean, I think maybe the blue color is what's going to sell people. It's like, you can't have your Pixel 7 in blue, so. I have been waiting five years <laughs> for another blue Pixel, so. There you they go. have me nailed, but at the same time, most people will just be like, I'm putting a case on it, who cares? Yeah. All right, let's talk quickly about the Pixel Fold. Similar story here, announcement on the 10th, but this time you're getting pre-orders opening on the 10th through the Google store, pre-orders for carriers on the 30th, and then available in stores June 27th. Yeah, this is closer in line to like the 6A last year, I guess, or like the Pixel Buds Pro where it's announced and then it's like, see you guys later this summer. It's actually faster than like the 6A. So like there's that. I was going to say, we had to wait weeks oh, for I know. the Pixel no, 6A I know. It, it, was, it was July. Um, I think it makes sense to separate out the 7a's launch from the fold like these are two very different markets i think the pricing we've seen the pricing rumors in the fold right now are like seventeen hundred dollars we're back up to this being like a, a full it hurts not not undercutting samsung which okay yeah i don't know not much more to it just you're gonna be waiting a little while longer if you want this also eighteen hundred dollars yeah, just not not easy to stomach right now. Well, but like first gen Google hardware is always really good. So like it's so that's definitely, what I'm saying. Like yeah. you're paying the price of two pixels, a first generation pixel. Uh, I'm I'm not. I don't have a ton of confidence. But let's, a month let's and a go. half before the Z Fold Five comes out, the fifth gen yeah. foldable from Samsung. Yeah, so this will definitely be okay. like a wait and see yeah. type of story from us. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Nonetheless, I think this is going to be a very interesting product that a lot of people are going to love. Oh, yeah. So I'm, I'm excited about it. And then the Pixel tablet. So there have been a, a ton of leaks on the Pixel tablet recently. We've talked a lot about potential pricing, whether the dock would come in the box, whether you would be able to buy it separately. We now know much more about this product. What do we know, Will? We know that it's also going to be announced at I.O., that it's going to have a Tensor G2. It's going to have eight gigabytes of RAM. It's going to have a couple of storage configurations up to 256 gigabytes. The charging dock will be in the box. So take that, Daniel, I guess. Uh, However, <laughs> you will be able to buy it separately. You'll be so able to buy it separately for like $120, I think. Yeah, not, not cheap. June 27th is what we're hearing, which, or, or, or sorry, we, we're saying late June, and June 27th just makes sense because that's when the, the Pixel Fold is possibly hitting the market. And uh, we're hearing like 600 to 650 euros. So, so much for that dream of an iPad killer, I guess. That's a lot of money. That's, I mean, that's a considering lot of money. It coming with the dock goes a fair way towards justifying that price for me. So long as the dock that comes with the actual tablet is like the actual like big speaker docking thing and not just a charging dock. No, it'll be the speaker thing. I The issue is that like, I don't think we need to convince you, Ara. Like we, we no. need to convince your relatives you need to convince right my like mother. exactly you need to convince my mother and that's that and, and, and you right would next not be to, able to do that 
both the $330 iPad and the nicer $450 iPad that is like constantly on sale for $400. Like, I don't even know how many people actually buy docks for their iPads at this point. Like, I think the speakers on all but the entry level one are like perfectly fine for general use. Like, I don't know, unless you're really looking to play a lot of music off it. In which it. case, you don't buy a dock. You just buy a good set you of speakers a, yeah, in yeah, exactly. either Bluetooth or AirPlay or an aux cable with an adapter because nobody includes a headphone jack anymore. Yeah, I don't know. I want to use it. Like, I'm very curious about it. But, like, it's it's even... Unless they end up selling one, to, like... Because as we said, they're going to sell the dock separately. One without the dock in the box. Like, it's not... You don't need it. And you can get that for 400 and 450 bucks. Like... I think it's going to be a tough sell at like roughly $600. I also am like trying to picture a house where you buy like three or four of these docks and you just yeah. move around yeah. <laughs> attaching the tablet as you go. You know, you're like, I want to listen to music in the living room. So I bring it into the living room and then the kitchen. Like, will the dock operate independently? Will it just be a Google, like a, a Nest Audio a speaker. Yeah. speaker, even though there's no screen attached it's to it? It's got to be, it, right? It's got to be. It has to be, right? I mean, selling it separately will mean it needs to have its own functionality. You can't charge more than a stand. It fucking better. Like, like you can't charge more than a Nest Audio for something that does nothing on its own. It just, that to me makes this this would be the most nest thing to ever nest exactly. oh you're right so it definitely won't work on its own <laughs> like I, come I'm on like, remember how ridiculous like the pixel slate accessories were back in the day and those are things you absolutely needed in order for the pixel slate to work at launch like i i don't trust google not to pull that kind of stuff the only reason that i think it's gotta work like independently is because like even beyond everything we just said i'm also imagining like that's not how people like people want to like hold the tablet. They don't want to like have to yeah. lean over to their end table to like yeah, that's tap true. around the web browser while it's playing music. To, like, uh, yeah. it, it needs to at least be able to like NFC Bluetooth pair yeah. to whichever speaker is nearest to it. So you can like tap it to the dock and God. then the music will come out of that while you're looking at it in your hand. <laughs> the, the dock only working when it's like attached to it would be like the fastest way to kill this thing. It would be so funny. Oh, it would be chef's kiss. Um, it, it, it can't be, but good. oh God, it would be so funny. I will confess, this is the the Pixel tablet is the one that's making me want to finally pop my smart display cherry and try one of these out because I still have never tried a smart display in my apartment. I mean, I use mine every day for various things, and it's still even though the Nest Hub Max is kind of sounds like garbage when you listen to music on yeah, it. It does. It's still a very useful tool to have yeah. in the kitchen. So yep, that's where my my kitchen be tiny. So is mine, and I still have it in there. I I just want to celebrate. This is unrelated, kind of related. Uh, my internet went out this week for like ten hours, and the the Nest Hub Max uh, managed to reconnect on its own for the first time ever. I was really hey. proud of it. I didn't have to reboot it. I was like, wow. I I walked up to the kitchen to Two unplug it and plug it back in. Yeah, I was. It was crazy. Also, just want to shout out to the commenters on our various Pixel Tablet articles that <laughs> were like. When we say this is Google's first Pixel tablet, they're like, no, the Pixel Slate exists, assholes. What are you talking and so about? Did it? Pixel C. And did the, it? Did those exist? I mean, I okay, know. fine. But like, did they? The really? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, I really wish I could have tried the it. The Pixel it, C was amazing, except for the fact that Android on the Pixel C was was not. So, yeah, it was, it was a little... 
Honestly, if they had redone, if if the Pixel tablet had been more like the Pixel C, where like it'll magnetize to your fridge or whatever, and then you can just pair it with whatever Nest audios you have by, I would have loved that way more than this docking system. I mean, I'll give people that we, we, you know, if saying this is the first Pixel tablet is technically incorrect. Yeah. I do think that it's the first Pixel tablet that is going to be a useful mainstream product that people actually enjoy. So it'll be the first Pixel tablet you actually maybe want to buy. Yeah. If a Pixel slate falls in a forest and no one is around to buy it, does it make a sound? Uh, it probably <laughs> like killed some birds. Yeah. So, oh. So, so yes. Um, and then it, the broken glass probably cut up some cute little bunnies paws. Yeah, this is Google's this just darker. like I didn't murdering mean for this the to environment. Be so dark. With its tablets, come on. <laughs> but no, seriously, I mean, the the Slate sucked at launch, but there became a decent little cult following around it yeah, once they I fixed know. the hardware issues. Yeah, yeah. Justice for the Slate. We can move on. Mm. Okay, let's talk quickly about this Xiaomi 13 Ultra. This thing is wild. So there are four cameras. The main camera is the IMX989 one-inch type sensor. That's on the Find X6 Pro and the Xiaomi. of it. It's a good sensor. It takes great photos. The interesting part about the Ultra, though, is that it has two aperture modes, the wide open f1.9 and a much smaller f4.0. And I think that narrow aperture in good light allows you to just capture more in the frame. There's less shallow depth of field. Like with the S, what was it, the S9? That this was on uh, uh, Samsung. Oh God, yes, I think or so. S10. I don't, it was either the S9 or the S10. It seems gimmicky, right? Like you're not really going to take advantage of it most of the time, and it's not like this is a variable aperture in the same way that Huawei is offering like true variable aperture. There's one Techno where like there are multiple stops and there's actually a mechanical shutter that allows you to open and close the shutter over multiple stops. I thought that was Huawei, mostly because I think I talked about it on Miriam's podcast. The Mate 50 Pro, that's what it was. There we go. Mm. Also, it was the S9 and the S10. Uh, They both had it. Right, 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 right. Okay. It wasn't even that long ago, but it does feel like it was forever ago. I was about to say, considering this year feels like half a decade already and it's only april (laughs) back in 2010 definitely feels like a light actually no 2019 feels like a lifetime ago yeah everything prior to 2020 is just it doesn't exist in my mind most of the time i have to look at google photos to remind me it's like oh yeah i was a human before covid Mm -hmm. so this has that massive main sensor it's got an f1.8 ultra wide an f1.8 3.2 3.2 times telephoto and a 3.0 aperture 5x periscope shooter. So four pretty capable cameras, hybrid zoom up to 240 millimeter equivalent. And like, it's pretty good at 240 mil, right? It's it's 20, uh, 10x rather, because it's combining data from both the periscope and the telephoto. I haven't played with this much, right? It's been a busy week. I just got it on like Wednesday. So it's been uh, basically just sitting on my desk teasing me. But the weather's supposed to be nice this weekend. I'm going to go out and take some photos. This just like looks like a camera from the start. It has that 
DSLR shape on the back. There's this like curvature that makes it almost feel like you're holding onto a camera grip. And then in China, Xiaomi's actually releasing a proper camera grip accessory. So friend of the show, Ben Sin, who was in Beijing for the launch event of the Xiaomi 13 Ultra, got to play with this. Go check out his video. It's very, very good. And then it's just like a really good phone. It's got a very bright screen, 2700 nit max brightness, which sounds impossible. Just a gorgeous, gorgeous display, great haptics. It's got Snapdragon 8 Gen 2, 16 gigs of RAM. The, the thing is a, a, a camera beast, but it's also just like a really good phone. But obviously right now it's only available in China, which means that the software on it, unlike the Xiaomi 13 Pro, which has a global release, so it's it's got like a, an, a Europe-optimized ex, uh, software experience, this is just Chinese MIUI. So there's no Play Store, there's no Google services out of the box. It's just a janky experience for somebody using it in the West. But other than that, this looks like a crazy, crazy device. And it's not going to be cheap. If it does get released in the West, it's going to be like $1,600 because the Xiaomi 13 Pro is, I think, 1,300 euro, which yeah, is not cheap. The, uh, the Pro is expensive, like really, like like S23 Ultra level expensive. So yeah, I believe the Ultra is like, it's stupid. It's yeah, like it's, foldable money. It's dumb. But there you go. It's interesting that we didn't think we could eke out much more performance from smartphone cameras. And yet this last six months or so feels like the ante has been upped again somehow and apple and samsung are not even in the conversation i was gonna say it's been upped unless you're in the u.s where it, yeah. it really feels like yeah, business that, as that, usual that was, what I was, that was what i was thinking it's like the competition has heated up everywhere in europe. But in europe. <laughs> europe and china yeah and india and well yes 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 but, again everywhere but, but like north america and probably south america all right, let's keep going. Netflix password sharing will be dead by the summer. If you're in the US, uh, Netflix made its announcement during its latest earnings call or its latest, uh, it was a Q1 letter to shareholders. This is not surprising. The company's been saying this for a very long time, but it's actually happening at some point. You live with this, right? It happened in Canada. It has Alrighty. happened in Canada. It has not yeah. been enforced on my account yet though. So I have like four people sharing my password. It does not look like they have been forced to pony up. So they listen to this show. So I'm sure for your account. I'm now. sure Ted Sarandos is like, oh, look up <laughs> Daniel's account, make it happen. Just take away his verification check mark. <laughs> Calls up Elon. All like, I know is I will not have Netflix by the time this rolls around because I am the moocher off of my dad's Netflix account because my parents mooch off of me for Hulu, Disney Plus, Amazon Prime, and God knows how many other services. But he and I have both agreed, like, yeah, if they crack down on password sharing, we're just getting rid of the account. Because Netflix is no longer the biggest name in streaming. Netflix has not been... Netflix well, has I mean, been less useful to my family than Paramount Plus and the Disney Plus bundle. Like, it's still the biggest far. name in streaming, though. Like, just because, like, I'm watching Succession and Barry mostly right now, like, that doesn't mean that it's not the biggest name in, in streaming but okay i, I understand Netflix your point. original films to film trailers. none but i'm but like that doesn't matter like it does like everyone's like beef is great and i'm like i don't i don't believe you <laughs> sorry every other netflix original movie is like 15 billion people watched this in the first five minutes it was on the service like i don't believe and the how numbers many but of them were bots or people who just had a uh, shuffle left on like i swear i think they have that shuffle button of like 
Oh, don't know what to watch. Shuffle's up. gone. They took that off. Ah. Yeah. Anyway, I do want to say that I just hate the cockiness in their investors letter about how when they make these moves in markets, they see a drop and then they see a growth. And I just there, there's something about like, but as borrowers start to activate their own accounts, we've seen increased acquisition. And I don't know, I just hate the they're like people drop, but then they need it and they come back. And I just I, I don't know. I, these I people it. are addicts and we know it. Yeah. Uh, Jules, just put like a pirate shanty like quietly under this whole segment <laughs> and, uh, and we'll move on. <laughs> I do think it it does speak to how like there seems to be a growing divide between people who consider Netflix a must have service and people who think that it's a fourth or fifth tier streaming service now. Like I could happily live without Netflix, but my wife watches a lot of Netflix and I spend most of my time on HBO stuff, on Disney Plus, on Prime. And I realize how little I watch Netflix because I started watching the show Beef this week. And it was the first Netflix show that I've looked forward to. See, I don't believe like anyone. <laughs> they ruined this. Like, I, it's I, crazy. What show is this? It's, it's called Beef. And like, I like Steven Yoon. I like Ali Wong. But like, I, I, they've ruined where like everyone's like, this new Netflix, Netflix original is the best thing ever. And I'm, I like watch it and I'm like, it's okay. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I just, I've been burnt like too many times or like I, I end up liking a Netflix show and then it just goes away after two seasons quietly. Yeah, and no, it's like, the unsung two and out law is what killed me on Netflix. I'm just, that's yeah, why like, I, I can only watch limited series. Story. If they advertise this yeah. show as a limited series, I'm in. Cause I'm like, that's, it's done. It's like one and done. It's a standalone product. I can enjoy it. But you're right. Netflix just drops anything that's not doing X engagement, like random engagement. Exactly. Oh, it can even up. be doing good and they will still can it just for budget reasons. Like so many good shows have been killed over the years. And especially when it comes to like any of their like animation or young adult content, I'm done. And I know so many other people who are just done because you cannot expect us to start investing in these characters and devote ourselves to your show with the intention of just killing it and asking us to watch something else 24 episodes later. R.I.P. That's why Netflix is, is really doing good this. this season, though. I just want to say that. It's really good. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Will, we have to talk about Succession. You and I will have you a... You we'll do can it. have Someti- a We'll do it the, when the show's done. We'll do it when the show's done. We'll do a full season We'll keep things on target today because we're trying to keep ourselves to a shorter yeah. time period and not have Jules have to cl- like completely re-edit the show, <laughs> putting the <laughs> intro at the end so that we can sound less yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. Six weeks from now, we'll, we'll do it. Talk to us about your HTC One retrospective that will hopefully be available by the time people listen to this. Yeah, it's edited. It just needs to be scheduled. Yeah, so technically the HTC One was announced in March of 2013, but it launched in the US this week, 10 years ago. So I wrote a little bit about what this phone means to me, how it's aged after 10 years. I bought one. As revealed at the end of my piece, mine died after about five months when I dropped it in an icy puddle and it shattered. And I mean, it wasn't waterproof anyway, so it was very, very dead. But I bought one on eBay for $35, both just to have it and also for photos for this. And like, God damn, this phone was really special. And like, I think even though like we don't really see aluminum unibody phones anymore, it's all glass with like a metal middle, right? But like, I really feel like this phone cemented what a premium, like what an Android flagship was, right? Like the design mostly holds up 
today obviously like the bezels are huge stuff like that right but like the hardware was what really made this special and like especially compared to what samsung was doing at the time like this came out the same year as the s4 which was like very felt so cheap in the hand i had an s4 for a while it was plasticky and it wasn't fun to hold and this thing felt like oh like this is what like an iphone rival is supposed to be and 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 exactly and like I really think this is the phone that pushed Samsung to like launch the S6 and like really step up its game, which is kind of <laughs> the problem. Like, so I, in, in like researching this researching and looking back through our coverage of it, I like reread David Ruddock's review from 2013. And like, it is so funny that he opens with like, this is probably going to be the most important phone of the year. And I, I think he was right. It was the most important phone of 2013. And then he's also like, but, you know, this Apple and Samsung duopoly that's on the horizon. And I'm like, damn, he was on that like way earlier than I would have expected. And of course, HTC ends up like stagnating immediately after this phone and like really just losing its place in the market. And it's kind of a bummer story. But the M7 in particular is like a really special phone to me. I still think its design mostly holds up minus a couple little nitpicks I have about it. I also it was really fun to dig through the settings menu and find things uh that i forgot so like did you know that if you swipe to the left you get a blink feed remember blink feed oh my god i do yeah (laughs) whatever server powers blink feed is definitely dead because i could not get it to work but blink feed like mixed news with like your social feeds yeah it was like i mean this was like ahead of its time right yeah uh i would say so uh in the camera you can make zoe's which are like little video clips but also like stills it's very weird it's it's very weird the camera's terrible by the way in case anyone forgot it's like a four it, this was when they launched ultra pixel it was Except a four megapixel. for the fact that in good light it wasn't it, bad it, it, it yes but like it's it's not it's i mean not it had no detail and yes exactly but like it, it was the sorry not in it good captured light. In a lot low of light, light it was the first it was the first uh camera that could take decent low light photos because of the larger yes. aperture pixels it, they had literally the pixels were larger like they were used it was yeah, only yeah, four yeah. megapixels Sorry, two, but it the, was like two two uh micron pixels yeah you've got it on dead this four on. megapixel it was, it was, camera yep, yep that's exactly i remember it. i took this phone with me i went to germany in june yeah. of 2013 and i took this phone and still some of my favorite photos i've ever taken were taken by this camera and Obviously, they pale in comparison to anything you could take with like a $200 phone today. But yeah, I mean, this thing had chops. And then when they completely gutted it with the M9, it was just a travesty. I forgot the M9 existed when I was doing it. I was like, you banished it from your memory as you should. Well, I had an M8 and I did not like the M8 as much as the M7. And then I literally was like, I, I was writing what happened after this. And I was like, okay, I know the M8. I know the 10 was there an m9 and there is and i was like i don't i just don't remember this at all but yeah ultra pixel is really interesting because it was essentially like an early attempt at like what companies are going for with like pixel binning today which i don't know it's just wild yeah, it was to, brute forcing the same idea exactly combining pixels exactly um and then uh uh we should call it the beats audio branding on the back uh I, I joke that this is now an unofficial apple product and my favorite thing i found in the settings menu was a link to set up your htc mini plus which of course is a like d- dumb phone add-on do you guys mm-hmm. remember this i do i forgot it existed i i um when you're when you're this. so addicted to your phone that you need another phone to take 
your attention away from your main phone. It, it, it was literally just like had a T9 dial pad and it was like you could text or make calls on it. It was it was it's very deeply weird and I just forgot it existed. Yeah, I don't I know. Mean, I could do a whole show on 2013 2014 yeah. era Android phones because yes. the Moto X. Yeah, I mean oh, like we have is, so much to like talk the about golden this golden age yeah. of yes. of of like interesting weird Android phones. 2013 was the beginning of like Moto Maker and yep. just the customization uh, trend. Well, and the Moto X was also the first phone to give us like Hello Moto or uh, OK Google. Yeah. And oh, you sure. Could yeah. Set your own phrases in 2014. And that was the literal best. Yeah. So, I mean, this was an issue I kept running into Moe's writing where I would reference another phone from specific, really from 2013 and be like, I, I kept having to remove because I was like, I should only say we're going to write a retrospective about one phone. So like I was like, you know, the Moto X, the LG G2, which I think is a really, really important phone. The Nexus 5, obviously. And then like I kept thinking of like and also like the Galaxy S4 came out this year. I don't, I mean, like, I don't know if we're I'm not nearly as excited about that phone as I am the other ones I just mentioned. Like, I know Samsung is basically to a lot of people synonymous with Android these days, but it is very funny that 10 years ago we were like, all of these phones are incredible, and the S4 is selling crazy numbers, obviously. But look at all the choice! And we were, you know, I don't Look know. at all of this fun stuff that you're going to yeah. ignore by Samsung because you yeah. can't trust any of these Chinese companies, even back then. Or Taiwan. I was, Taiwanese yeah, companies. HTC is Taiwan. But, uh, uh, yeah, I don't well, know. Well, HTC it's, got it's, bought, like, three years later, they, four they years got, later, like, so... Their, their hardware team got gutted by Google, essentially, yeah. Yeah, nobody remembers that. Like, the no. Pixel 3a was the product of Google buying HTC's hardware division, gutting it, and then turning it into a Taiwanese R&D center yep. where they developed their A-series separately from their mainline Pixel series. And technically, HTC is still around today. I make a joke about their crypto phone, but... Yeah, yeah, let's not go there. All right, um, <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to read that, Will. Yeah. So... Uh, we'll we'll end the show just on a on a really low note. Um, if you're if you're not paying your your dues on Twitter these days, oh you've lost your check mark. R.I.P. Um, we've lost ours. I've lost my personal one. I never had Android one. Police has, I never has had lost one. has lost its uh, its check mark. But LeBron James and Stephen King still have theirs because Elon Musk is personally paying for their accounts, which I I find hilarious. That it's like let's say it's on his company Amex. It just charges his his card like eight dollars a month. For a bunch no, he's of writing. He's writing checks, and oh, in the memo, he writes like checks, LeBron James. sending them in. Good, good for him. <laughs> Keeping it old school. I like that. This is so deeply stupid and sad, and I just the fact There's that so, like it's so sad. It's sad, man. Like I don't, I don't, I will never get. I'm sorry if you're a Musk fan. I will never get the cult of personality around him. Like he is not like charming. He's not funny. Well, you like, zeroed in on the most important word there, which is cult. I. But like, I just don't like even people I don't like, like, and I will, I will, who will remain nameless because I don't want to get hate. But like, let's just say like, I don't know, an ex-president, for example, who knows who I'm talking about? Like, at least I can kind of get it. Like, what is the appeal here, man? Like, this is just sad. Like, I don't know. I don't get it. I don't get it. He's fooled them with a rags to riches story for well over a decade and gave people multiple products that were the results of a vast number of people but he took all the credit and acquisitions so. and we're gonna take you to mars hype i guess but man like just look at what he's actually doing instead of what he says he's gonna do and like 
It's just the fact that LeBron James's team had to come out and be like, we don't even really want the check mark. Like, that's how tainted this platform is, is that celebrities are like, I don't want people to think I'm paying for this. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, that uh, should just be the pinned tweet. We didn't want the check mark. He's paying for it. Yeah. Well, let us know what you think of uh, all of this news, as well as whether you give a damn about having or not having a Twitter checkmark podcast at androidpolice.com. Mm. You can also tweet at us, but uh, it may oh. or may not be us responding to you. <laughs> yeah, so that's, yeah, exactly. uh, <laughs> that's it. Um, thank you so much for listening. Will, Ara, thank you as always. Have a great week. And if you're listening to this, we appreciate you. Have a great week as well. We will talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.